Welcome to the GK for Free podcast. Today we'll be talking with professional goalkeeper Kyle Morton from St. Louis FC uh, about his season and their current USL Championship playoff run. Uh, we're also going to get in some crosses. Enjoy. One. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the GK for Free podcast this week. Uh, my name is Hunter Gilstrap. Here with co-host Will Marshall and. Our guest this week is Kyle Morton, uh, pro goalkeeper from St. Louis FC in the USL Championship. What's up, Kyle? Hey, guys. Hope everybody's doing Kyle. well. Kyle, where are you? I'm, uh, I'm in the right car. Now, Toby Adewale is uh, having a well, you're not driving. lunch. No, I'm, I'm sitting in my parking lot, so I'm good to go. It's all right. Two out of three from the car. I'm in my garage, so. Okay. I, I would, I'm technically not sitting still, but um, got my eyes on yeah. the road, two hands on the wheel most of the time. Yeah, it's all good. As much as always. Uh, and like always, there will be like, Will knows the drill. There will yeah. be like two or three times on the drive where I disappear and then come back. So I'll just let you guys, uh, yeah. you know. Take yeah. the wheel. He's just so going to freeze. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll be fine. So, uh, this is pretty cool. This is fun. This is um, – I mean, we've had guests before, but – and I, I guess Bahonic we had on, and kind of Will and I both know Bahonic really well, but this is even better having uh, – no offense to, to Bahonic, but this is just cool because you guys – I feel like you guys are both my guys. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? I got a, I got a handful of – full of guys out there right that uh I really really feel like are my guys that I you know love to work with and you know love you know as as people and have great relationships with and um so it's super cool to be able to have you and Will here at the same time to talk about uh career and, and goalkeeping and you know, all the stuff that we love. So thank yeah. you, Kyle, all the good for stuff. making some time for us. No, of all course. All the good stuff, yeah. You know I love goalkeeping, so anytime so, I can I talk about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just a junkie. Goalkeeping <laughs> junkie. I don't know if that's true. You know what I love about you, Kyle, is you, huh. from from the first time, you just sort of project this the vibe of I – keep these things in perspective I have a balance in my life you know what I mean yeah. and, and I know I know you take I'm not saying you don't take it seriously but I I just think that you know you you've you've got this great sort of approach to to goalkeeping in life that you know kind of what happens is going to happen and you're going to super hard and do all the things you can do and you know I know you got a strong faith and kind of leave the rest up to God uh but it's it's just refreshing to see that, and, you know, no panic in the in the things that you can't control. And I feel like that's such a valuable way to approach being a goalkeeper at any level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're touching on, but I think we'll touch on it later in the interview. Um, but yeah, that's definitely one of the things that I've learned growing up and in my professional career, and even from year three to year four, I think that's one of the biggest uh, developments of just letting the control or letting your, your foot off the gas and just kind of let things happen and um, see where it takes you. But yeah, definitely. I'm kind of one of those guys where I'm, I'm all Great. about goalkeeping, but I know that there's, there's other things out there that, that need to be done also. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I want to give our first Ryan Hewling shout out. We talked about that a little bit this week. Will Ryan Hewling's the goalkeeper coach at uh, UMass. UMass. That's uh, right. Yeah. He, he had a thing, thing he always used to say. He called on the controllables, and obviously he didn't trademark that, but you know he was big on the controllables. He focused on the controllables, and that's all you can do. The rest is outside of outside of what we can handle, and there are very few controllables in this position. Um, mm-hmm. Being able to ride that wave uh, can go a long way and lead the long career if you got the patience and the and the work rate to go along with it. So uh, tell. Uh-oh. Journey. Give oh, us the give us the five minute Kyle Martin story. Yeah, the five minute Kyle story. Um, yeah, so I'm so bringing it way back. I'm from Westchester, PA, so just outside Philadelphia. I've lived there my entire life. Uh, played club soccer in that area growing up. Um, always on a top ten team nationally in club ball before academy started. When academy started, I went to college. Um, didn't have too many options going into college. Uh, I think my grades, my high school grades probably uh, affected that a little bit, but at the same time, uh, coaches were still after me. And, um, like I said, like the control part and just kind of let it happen. Didn't really reach out to people and just thought if somebody wanted me, I'll fit into their system. And it turned out, uh, coach Foley, Tom Foley, who's up in Boston now, uh, saw me playing in the Bethesda tournament and, just ended up working where it was one of those schools where I wanted to go to a great school and one of those places where I could probably go in as a freshman and at least compete for playing time is I did not want to go anywhere where I, where I had to sit on the bench for one or two years. I wanted to develop as as soon as possible. And um, I think we always talk about it. Goal goalkeepers are only judged off practice or not practice off games. And the more games you can play, the better you'll get. Um, So that played into it. Um, So then Fast forward to my end of senior year in 2016. Wasn't really getting much looks. I was third team uh, all CAA for three years. My brother made first team all CAA that year. So I'm sure that hurt my draft stock. Um, but it's all politics and one of those things where people get caught up in it. That. Yeah, I mean, it's just one. Of, I think he even knew that he didn't really deserve it. But um, that's just how American soccer is. And one of those things where you got to look past and just got to keep moving on. Um, then just starting to look for the call or the professional game and reaching out to agents. And honestly, I called three agents and all three said, no, we're not looking for anybody like you. So I said, all right. Um, so then one thing leads to another and I get a a phone call or an email from Bob Lilly in Rochester at the time when I was sitting on my phone in Denmark and then come back and go on trial with Bob and, and all that good stuff. And, um, ended up playing in Rochester, but only played one Open Cup game, was the number three there my first year. And then that team folded, and I'm looking for a team. And nobody's really looking at me. Maybe Richmond kickers I can remember, and, and that was really the only other option. And I just had one of those one of those days where you're like, you know what, why not I just call Bob and, and see what happens. And um, I thought Bob would just offer me a contract after a good year in Rochester, but instead he said, why don't you come to this, uh, this invite combine where we're bringing college kids and other pros. I'm like, well, Bob, you just see me for a year, you know, like what's, what's going on here. So just kind of bit the bullet and and went out there and kind of knew that he wanted to see if I was training well in the off season and see how much I improved. Play by Bob's rules. Yeah. And that's something you have to learn quick with Bob. And um, so 
did that and, and you were there Hunter that's the first time I met you and, and thought I did all right and uh, got a contract from there and then that year I actually tore my ACL was that that year 2018 yeah 2018 tore my ACL yeah. so it was done after three what? games and five ga three three games three games yeah, games yeah three games yeah three games and then yeah just the next year just had my first year back from ACL and struggled for the first bit and I think I compared to where I'm at now I think I'd struggled the whole year um, and then after Pittsburgh, I decided to come out to St. Louis, and that's where I'm at now. Very cool. And uh, for anybody that may, might not, you know, not be familiar with the name and, and stuff like that, so Bob Lilly is the – he's currently the head coach for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and it was during my time as assistant coach and goalkeeper coach for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. That's where I met Kyle. Um, there's a lot of weird interconnected stuff here that we don't have time to get into, but, like, when – uh, Kyle's rookie year, he played in Rochester with uh, other two goalkeepers. Tomas, there. yeah, Tomas Gomez and Dan Lin. Dan Lin, and obviously, also came to Pittsburgh. Bob came, and uh, Dan also played at the University of Pittsburgh, where I was a goalkeeper there, and coached Dan in college, who also was Will's teammate at Pitt. So it, it's just funny how. Yeah, the and whole, I lived in Westchester for so a year, negative. and Kyle's from yeah. Westchester. Yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and then Will played his final four game tournament with Westchester back in Pitt. It's just in so Pittsburgh. strange how, how yeah. it's all worked. But, yeah. But, you know, that's how I got to know Kyle, and I got to work. I got to coach Kyle for two years uh, while he was – the two years that he was – Two years, yeah. Two years that he was there. One with and Pittsburgh a half years, and, yeah. One and um, a half, yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't. It wasn't. I left in September, not halfway through the year. There was like a <laughs> month and a half. Okay, so. Uh, but anyway, um, so we'll get into a little bit more of that in a second. But uh, uh, well, what what are you gonna? You got something now for Kyle? Go ahead. Oh yeah. Um. So, Kyle, you've had a great season so far that built off a very solid season last year. Um, what do you attribute your growth – to what do you attribute your growth and consistency in this season? Yeah, um, I, think, I think it's a multiple, multiple things that kind of came together for me this year. And um, I think after last year, I wasn't as explosive as I needed to be. And I know me and Hunter worked on that a bunch of being in the right set position. But if you're losing athleticism – um, then the set position really isn't going to work for you. Um, so I honestly, in the offseason, just focused on becoming a better athlete and just playing basketball and tennis when I could, when it was a nice day, and just working out a lot. And I lost 30 pounds. I was 210 pounds at the last game of the season. So the Monday after we lost to uh, Louisville in the Eastern Semis, I weighed myself. I was 210 pounds, and I had a goal weight for myself at 185 pounds. So that's Jeez. roughly 25 pounds that I could yeah. lose and going on a cruise and you know how off season is things get busy. And yeah. Um, yeah. I, I got down for my first game last for this season, I guess, against Miami in March, I was 193 and now I'm, I'm roughly anywhere from 185 to 188. And I can feel just the difference every day of yeah, that's just being that half second quicker. Yeah. Just being able to be a little bit more mobile. And um I think going back to your question, that that is a massive factor to me, and I feel like I'm I'm so much more springy and just a little bit better athlete overall. 
um, and that's helped me. And I've also been working with a, a sports performance coach out here. He's on staff and sports psychiatrist, whatever you want to call it. But um, with our position and being such, such, such a psychological and mental position, I think I thought it was just important for me to kind of not even if I thought it was going to work, just to see if I can get different ideas from him and, and see if I could bring it on to my own game and um, optimize. Yeah, and just I think this year was the biggest the biggest game changer for me was being able to journal and reflect and, and constantly going back to each game and saying what worked this game and in my preparation and what didn't work. And um, I can feel it now where I feel like I can find my mental, they call it the zone, my mental, like where I'm right. at, where I'm at my best mentally. And I feel like I've just started to, to touch on that and, and start to figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, goalkeeping is 90% mental and I think I'm starting to, to realize that and I think that's why a lot of goalkeepers get better with age as well and um, yeah just a long answer for a short for a short question but yeah I think those are the two things my mental skills that I, I've obtained and, and 25 or 30 pounds of weight I lost have definitely improved my game yeah that's some great discipline yeah it had to be done it had to be done do. You guys are losing. I can't really hear what's going on. So sorry if I'm in. You're good. You're good. I think he's in the tunnel. If you sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. We just. Did you hear any of it, Hunt? Oh no, he's out. It's he's out. Out. He'll be back. He'll be back in two seconds. It's you're good. Yeah. Yeah. I know how it is with the phone. Yeah. There he is. He's in the Fort Pitt tunnel. Oh, is that you're going through it? Yeah. Yeah. I figured out. I can always tell where he is now. Like, we're at, like, the seventh episode. Just based off where it is? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. he's in – he goes through Fort Pitt, then he goes through Squirrel Hill, and then I can tell where he is when he's in town, too. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Because it's always weird. the same drive. Yeah, yeah. But – uh, It's crazy. Here, I'll just – Are you still coaching? You want to yeah. keep going? Uh, it's up to you. Because you guys can edit this stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. I, mean, I think usually we just kind of go Let raw. It go. Like, okay. it just is what it is. But – uh. Yeah, I'm coaching. I'm back in Pittsburgh now. I don't know if you knew that. No, I knew that. Yeah, 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 yeah I yeah. knew that. Yeah, yeah. so I'm I'm at Highmark twice a week, and then uh, do Marshall Fitness, and then yeah, bro, you doing you've done well. I've seen you getting thank you getting kids and got like programs in and everything. Yeah, that's yeah. Tough, so that's a tough startup. It is, and you know what? I've had a lot of time. The the pandemic honestly like kind of helped me out because I had so much time, yeah. free time, and so actually Dan, he. We haven't really made this public knowledge yet, but Dan Lind is my first uh, online client. Oh yeah, yeah. He's trying to uh, he's trying to put on some pounds, and so he's been going at yeah. it for about a week and a half now, and he's up six pounds. Um, Jeez. Yeah, I got him on some hypertrophy. He's been eating. He's like thirty two hundred calories yeah. a day, two hundred forty <laughs> grams of protein. He's he's going, and he he's into it too. It's awesome. He's crushing. I love it. That's awesome. So I, I, miss, I missed, sorry guys, I missed the end of it where you're talking about, you're, you're really talking about the mental side of it and your preparation and your growth there. Um, that's something that we're going to talk about soon on a completely different, like a podcast just dedicated to that. And it's mm -hmm. just really cool to hear that that's something that you've found a new level with. Personally, yeah. for me, I only ever kind of dabbled in, in the visualization and affirmations mm -hmm. and, you know, all that sort of thing. And that's probably where I saw my best years of performance where I've really made that a priority. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's just a ton there and it's probably yeah, so, much. so underutilized by, by most. And, and a thing that I think we can get into and even find a way to give some <clears throat> valuable information out there 
come up with sort of a, you know, goalkeeper, the mental side of goalkeeping for dummies to, mm-hmm. to help. Not, I'm not calling you a dummy. Kyle. No, I know, I know. Um, I know. But you know what I mean? Like come up with a, yeah. maybe a quick, like a, cause there's, a, there's only a few, there's like a few very specific things. Like a, if you were to say these, these are the three boom, 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 mental things everybody could do that will actually help them. I think that's yeah. not even that difficult to come up with. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? Because yeah, it's very it's, easy. It's a much more simple very approach easy. than I think most even realize. Yeah. It's just about committing to actually put the time into doing it. Yeah. And what's crazy is the time is um, like, it's not bad timing either. Like doing it, it takes five right. minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. In five minutes and then you're right. good to go. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, real quick, we'll talk about this and we're going to get into crosses. Um, okay. So you guys have, have had a, a awesome, fun to watch season, kind of right there on the bubble all season. Um, won your first playoff game. Super exciting what you guys have going on. Now you're heading to Louisville City for the Eastern Conference City fi- semifinals in the USL Championship this weekend. What's your approach look like this weekend to a, to a game like that? Um, it's so cliche, but it's exactly the same as the first time that yeah. we played Louisville. Um, if you start to think about becoming big game and you start to change your routine around, then you're going to start to feel the pressure and uh, you're not going to perform at your best. And I think for me, it's just doing the same exact thing and not even thinking it's the last game of the season and, and just kind of going about your business. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's going to be exciting. It. Simple. It's going to be exciting, but it's going to be fun. Yeah, I, I the, the, going back to the mental thing and the, and finding like an optimal state, right? That's mm-hmm. the hardest thing. You want to. It's tough because, you know that it's not. It's not overhyped, but at the same time, you can't be, you know, it can't be training approach. Yeah. So you know, in, in a season where you play, you know, this season's obviously been less, but typically you play in thirty games, playing all the time. You know, finding a way to. Uh, you know, get yourself up enough, you know, to be able to perform and fire in all cylinders, have that heightened level of focus and attention that you need to perform in a game that you can't really create in training, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, not being over hyped, right. And finding a consistent way to do that week in and week out. And I think that's typically what the difference between elite professionals and everyone else. Definitely. Um, we always talk about for the mental state is the, the things that you can control as a goalkeeper because it happens so fast. And going yeah. through film, uh, I look at my, – am I analyzing is, is my set shape right? Am I in the right spot? And what was my mental state when he was about to shoot? Was my mind racing or yeah. am I just sitting there relaxed? And those are, that's how I mark down yeah. my games now. Can I meet all those three criteria, the three criteria – and if they do score, they score. It's a good shot. Or something may happen. Yeah. You can only control those three things, you know. That's but that's really another cool. whole topic. It's another whole yeah. topic. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Um, I, I know in the past we used to do, you know, each week before – is getting off topic a little bit, so we're trying to go long here. But we would do a little bit of video – sort of prime you for the opponent or do you mm-hmm. still do that you still scout the other look for goals yeah. that sort of thing yeah but uh it's not really like a goalkeeper meeting i almost just like what yeah. we did with the laptop and all that stuff is fantastic and i think i would recommend that for everybody 
but here what we do we used to do it until covid and now it's just kind of like jonesy the goalkeeper coach will just send me all the information all the clips and i'll just go through one by one right. which maybe some team 17 like hartford we never seen play so it was 30 minutes of, of clips of just kind of right. seeing what their tendencies are and, and you know what i mean i yeah. You get a picture of what's going to happen before it's going to happen. And I feel like I find a lot of relaxation in that as well. Yeah, just feeling like you're prepared, like you've seen it before. Yeah, yeah. Not like you're going You've done goal. your homework. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, I want to get into sort of the back half of the program here. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we put out a little content this week um, on crosses, uh, a little bit of – sort of what to do, how to do it, you know, what, you know, I think there's, I don't like using modern, right? Because modern, you know, the modern game is just a bit of a cliche. I think soccer is just soccer. Um, and there are obviously trends, but I, I would say that one of the big trends I feel like among goalkeepers at the highest level is uh, a much more safe approach to crosses um yeah you know what i mean almost don't go at all right unless you have to go and i know that that's one of the things i really appreciated about getting to work with bob lilly the last few years that i was coaching because when i was a player i felt like crossing was a strength of mine it was it was something that i felt was a really important part of the game like being able to come and command your area um i think that's a big strength of yours and it's been cool to see after you left Pittsburgh that it looks like you've continued to, to have that be a strength of yours. Um, why do you think it's important uh, to be a goalkeeper that's comfortable coming for crosses in, in today's sort of pro soccer landscape? Yeah, I mean, you just, you just kind of hit it. You don't see it too often in the modern game, especially at higher levels. And I think it's because the crosses are whipped in and they are tough plays. And it's a play where if you mess up in any regard, it could lead to a goal. Um, but for me, why I think I'm so, why I think it's such an important part of my game is when you come out for a cross and you catch a ball, their attack is completely shut down. And I find that yeah, when you start to come out and catch crosses and, and make plays, Next time they're about to cross the ball, they may be thinking, oh, he's going to be, he's now going to be coming out. I have to play in the perfect ball for my guy to get a header. And I think just talking about my game, and I, I still find that crossing is my strongest part of, of my game. And I think that's something where if, if coaches are watching, I think that's something where they're like, wow, that, that's something different. That's how I stand out. Yeah. Um, and it, it's funny because you see all these corners and all the goalies that are making saves off headers from – four, yeah. five, six yards out on crosses. Yeah. But I'm not finding I'm making those saves because I'm actually taking the cross. So why put yeah. yourself in a, in a numbers game and have a less percentage of saving a reaction shot rather than just going three yards and catching in a, in a crowd, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's something I think, yeah. So I'll just, with Bob Lilly, he has crosses all day, every day. And if you're not coming out for a cross, you are going to get annihilated for it. Um, because he knows how important it is for a goalkeeper's demeanor, his, his presence of coming for crosses, and how much it can it can help a team, and and how much it can have an impact on the game. And um, in a system like his, where you're not facing many shots, I had to come for crosses to yeah. still compete. And um, even now, sometimes I feel like I'm not coming out for crosses in the game. I'm like, what is going on? Like, why am I not playing well? But now it's not about 
how many crosses can I get? Now it's about the yeah. decision making of I can I know I can go and right. do all the crosses, but now is the moment is, is the moment right? And all those things from last year to this year of just growing and, and understanding where to be if there's only one forward in the box, where's your where's your set crossing position gonna be? Because now it's gonna yeah. be different whereas a, a corner, you know? Um, yeah. just all those things that you, you look at and start to analyze in your game and, and kind of figure out that it can be your strength and, and continue to working or continue to improve on it and, and make it even more of a strength. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's just one of those things where you have to, you have to constantly practice on it and, and improving your crossing game. Yeah. Stop answering, skipping ahead and answering all the questions before we ask them yeah, to you. Yeah, I know. I'm so bad at that, aren't I? I'm so bad at that. <laughs> We, well, well, that's all right. I mean, it's, it's fine. It's how it works. It's, it's good. You gave us a, you know, the whole picture there a little bit. But Willie, Willie, yeah. Willie, Willie, dig in a little bit more with him on some of the detail here. Uh, so would you say that crosses have always been a strength for you, like growing up even? Or is that something that's fairly um, new or – yeah, it's definitely like maybe in college I'd come out for like the odd cross, but it would only be like one of those backspin, like there's a couple of guys around, you know, and it was never really, you're coming out into traffic or a whipped in ball until it, was, it became with Bob. And, and to be honest with you, I, I struggled so much in Rochester. My first three, four, five months in Rochester when I was three, I was flailing, I was flapping. I, I was mentally, I, I was not able to compete because there's so much pressure of, of knowing Bob wanted to, have a keeper come out across and mean just not being comfortable in that situation but just over time yeah. like you get you get comfortable with it you know what I mean and then it's just it's like anything it's yeah. I'd rather I'd rather catch a cross than catch a, a rocket of a shot you know at least a shot or the cross is gonna be a little bit less oh yeah 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 with me I mean yeah you're right I, I would have I think I would have really appreciated the opportunity as a player to play on one of Bob's teams mm -hmm. Um, that was why it was so good. That was why I really, I mean, it was always hard. Don't get me wrong. It's a, it's a tough environment to coach in just like it's a tough environment to play in. But in mm -hmm. terms of getting the highest level of performance out of you as, as a player or coach, I think there's, you know, there's a lot that, that, of positive that comes out of that. And, um, mm -hmm. cause it was, cause I'm, I'm old school in that same way that, that I kind of think Bob's old school and, you know, when I was even even during my pro career, at least during the first half of my pro career, it was still kind of a thing for for goalkeepers to come for crosses. You know what I mean? It's only mm -hmm. been more recently where and I, and I honestly, I think it's a cop out. Yeah. Do we lose him, Will? I don't know yet. Maybe he might he might pop out and pop back in again, but. I, I've got a good point for him too. I got a good point. I think you can train those situations, and yeah, I just, I, I disagree with that. Um, so you know, I, I'm we happy. We lost you. We lost you for like that whole sentence. Right. After I was just saying out. that. I was just saying that you know I just don't think that the fact that service is so much. I don't really think that service is that much better than it used to be. There've always been elite players that can play great balls. Mm -hmm. I just think it's become okay. And I think coaches and goalkeeper coaches have taken their foot off the gas way too much with the expectations they put on to players and especially goalkeepers that just now I think if you've made it to the highest level in most environments, you can just kind of do whatever you want. And mm -hmm. as long as you're not making bad errors, you know, you can play the game how you want to play the game. 
and that's a difference in philosophy, I think. But, um, and you're the cool thing about you now is you've been on two sides. You've been in in the pressure cooker environment where you were forced to really get stretched out of your comfort zone. Now you're in a completely different environment where it is much more relaxed, and you kind of get to manage the the position and play it the way that you would probably choose to play it. Mm-hmm. But the cool thing is get is seeing that you're still you're still doing you're still managing crosses well. You still have a big presence. You're still doing a lot of these old school you know, things. And I think that's super cool to see. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk it. about, uh, we've already talked a ton about Bob. Uh, real quick. This is not on the, uh, the sheet. And I'm a, you're probably gonna lose. Again. I want you to talk about starting points and starting positions uh, and, and what you think is important about it. Any so crosses? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and cross specifically to crosses. Yeah, so um, I think I think the set position or the starting position, however, we'll just call it a starting position today. But I think the starting position um, is the key to coming in and claiming a successful cross. If you are out of position by maybe a half yard and you're a half second late, you're going to be a half second late to the ball, and you're not going to. Be, you're going to either have to now punch, or you're just going to have to hope that somebody doesn't head it in. Um, I alluded to it before, but my game has changed in crosses to where my set position is not the same every single time where I'm three and a half yards from the goal line in the middle of the goal for every single cross. And at the beginning of my whole career, I was that because I wasn't understanding how the game worked and all this different things. But now, like I said to Hunter, if you have one guy in the box, now you're thinking, okay, where is this guy going to be most dangerous? Where can I beat him to the ball? If the guy is on the other side of the 18, you know you can just play the, the middle of the goal and be a little bit more aggressive because the, the space is not going to score, only the man. Um, I actually just had a play in Hartford where Dixon was one-on-one with Toby Adewale and the guy played in the box. But knowing that the guy was on the back post, I even stepped up higher and was just able to have that cut through ball or cut back ball that I was able to just come in and comfortably get because I knew where he was. I'm taking that picture beforehand in order to have my set position. So if you don't know what's going on, you're going to have a general set spot. But if you know what's happening and and what the tendency or what their their game plan maybe is, now you're starting to go a step up uh, advance of them and starting to play a little bit quicker than they are. And that's what happens when you when you are in the right spot and know where they want to go or have an idea where they could go to be most dangerous. Now you're already reacting quicker than they are because you're expecting it to be in that spot. And for the for the crossing position, there is no one set position or one place that you need to be. I'm different. I may be bigger and slower than somebody that's six feet tall and small that can play on their line and still get to the spot. Um, it is all depending on your strengths as a player and your style and your center backs. There's so many things that go into it. But when you do start to figure it out, that's when you have to you have to start implementing it into your game. You can't just go about it and be generic. Oh, I'm going to be here for this. You have to start almost planning where you're going to be and, and having these set positions based on what's happening in front of you. That's great. Okay. Reading the game. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, we just got a warning about 10 minutes in our day. I guess Zoom's tightening up the rules again for yeah. for uh, length of, of meetings. Oh, uh, so I'm going to let – I got one, one quick thing for you, and then I'll let, you know, 
you know, we'll kind of figure out some things that can help some kids. I do have like a 30 second answer here, Kyle. Yeah. 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 On what you just said, you know what I mean? Like, I agree. You can't just play high three, four yards off your line all the time. You can't play on your line all the time. You have to be dynamic and intelligent about when to do that. But, you know, what would you tell a young goalkeeper who's just so afraid, right? They're so afraid to start to take a chance with a starting point for a cross that is two and a half, three yards off their line there mm-hmm. to go out of that higher spot. What, what would you be your encouragement and your words for them? I would go back to the basics and just have whoever is around you and just throw balls right in the front just so you can get the footwork and, and get the confidence that you can start to do it. And then the most important thing is go and do it in practice. If you're not doing it in practice, you won't do it in a game. Go and make your mistakes in practice, and maybe you get yelled at whatever level you're at. Who cares? You're trying to improve your game, so go out and do it in practice. And then when it becomes natural and you feel comfortable, now that's when you take it from practice into a game, and it'll just start to happen naturally. So go back to the fundamentals and go back to the very basics. Will, I know. Love it. Love it. Well, I know we talked over the course of your last season you played in college about, uh, you know, starting points and what you can come from, Mm -hmm. come for. Uh, Did you feel like you, you know, because the way you deal with crosses, Will, is so much different than the way Kyle has to deal with crosses because, Kyle, you're 6'4", and Will, you're, you know, 5'8". But different, but what Will was also able throughout his senior year in college to come deal with crosses. So that's a pretty wide range, you know what I mean? So, so Will and Kyle both give us a little bit of perspective on what it means to be able to come for crosses, not being necessarily limited to your size and, and getting getting told, well, you're a smaller keeper, you can't come for anything, and oh, you're a big keeper, you have to come for everything. Yeah. Will you go ahead first? Um, I think a big part for me was just doing it, you know, like for my four years at Pitt, you know, we took crosses in training, but I mean, I didn't play often, so I didn't get a chance to take live crosses very often and getting into Westchester in the very beginning of the season, like I wasn't coming for a lot of crosses at all. And then it got to the point where we're getting into like the, the conference tournament and it was like, I have to start going and getting more balls than I was and so then just you know go get one then another and then another and then that success kind of compounds and then I got really comfortable and I was feeling really good once we got into the national tournament and then going on to the semifinal in the in the the national championship so I think a lot of it is just taking reps and having good reps and then just finding the comfort in that Hmm. yeah I mean with your with your question when People say the big goal is all you have to go out and get everything. I feel like I struggled that big time with with Bob, but I think as you get older and you get out of that pressure situation, you start to understand. Okay, yeah, I can go to this. I can go to this, and or maybe not go for that. But you just start to learn, like you said, the more reps, the more reps you see. And Hunter, how many reps do we take in Pittsburgh? You know, every day there's 20 cross that we're seeing, and you just get more and more natural with it. Yeah. Yeah. You- I echo what you guys are saying. One, one is not about 
the reason I encourage a lot of the youth goalkeepers we work with to take up a higher starting point, and look, I'm saying four yards from your line, I'm saying your active starting point in a crossing situation, you just can't be glued to your line. So for, yeah. for, for one keeper, that might look like, you know, a yard and a half. For another keeper, it might look like two yards or might look like three. And it all depends on pressure of the ball and all those kind of things too. Get high with get high, right? And go for what you go for. But at the end of the day, important whether or not you go for a cost or not. So I coach mm -hmm. higher starting points because I think they make your decision about whether to go or not to go easier, right? Because you're already a little Agreed. more connected and inserted to play. It's easier to decide to go. It's also easier to uh, so I want that to be the theme here more than be play high, go for everything, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if this is a strength of yours or not. I think it can be a learned strength for more goalkeepers than it is now. But at the end of the day, good decisions are more important than coming for crosses. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay, I think we got like two minutes left. Yep. Kyle, any, any, any valuable stuff you've got? Anything you want to plug, you've got the floor. Um, anything. Well, fall in love with position and fall in love with the work because there is a ton of that even now at any level. I feel like people, goalkeepers are constantly under the microscope and one mistake can change somebody's career. So the work that you see on Saturday is all because of the work from Monday through Friday. Um, don't just expect if you have a bad week of training that you're going to suddenly play well every Saturday. It just doesn't how it works. It's just Monday through Friday, if you can go about your business and do everything you need to do to perform well on Saturday, chances are you're going to perform well on Saturday. And that's what I would say. I would, I would, consistency is the key in our position. And if you're not consistent off the field, then you're not going to be consistent on the field. That's what I'll, I'll leave it with. Great point. I love it. Kyle, I love it, man. Thank you for spending some time with us today. That's been good. Uh, I love you. I wish you the best this weekend. And, hey, you and I both know the result will take care of itself. Yeah, exactly. Right? You handle what you can handle. You do your thing, and you feel good about your work. That's all you yep. can do. Let God take the rest of it. Love it, man. You got right, it, guys. Baby. You got it. Love you guys. Uh, we'll see you soon, Kyle. Good luck. We'll be watching. We love you too, man. All right, Kyle. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, GK for free out of here, guys. We'll see you. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. This has been the GK for free podcast. We'll see you soon.